You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean O Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Today, we're going to wrap up the year with one of the first symptoms of pregnancy, morning sickness, also known as nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. For most, this is one of the first signs of pregnancy. It affects 70 to 80% of all people that are pregnant. Despite the name morning sickness, nausea and vomiting can occur at any time of the day and usually decreases in frequency and severity within the first four months of the pregnancy. But some people can have it the entire pregnancy like I did. You might be more likely to experience morning sickness if you had nausea or vomiting from motion sickness, a history of migraines, a history of depression, anxiety, um, other psychiatric or mood disorders, if you took birth control pills prior to trying to conceive, or if you experienced nausea or vomiting with certain taste or smells, um, meaning you were just triggered by a smell and you vomited because somebody wore nasty smelling perfume to you. Also, if you have twins or multiples like triplets or quads, because your HCG hormone, which is human chorionic gonadotropin hormone, it's much higher with more babies you are also more likely to experience nausea or vomiting in pregnancy. Some people think that women carrying girl babies have more morning sickness than those carrying boys. However, a 2013 study of almost 2,500 births revealed that rates were slightly higher when you are carrying boys. And I want to make sure to say that because when I was pregnant, everybody thought I was having a girl because I had such severe nausea and vomiting. Lies, I was having a boy and I had horrible nausea vomiting. Now, if your nausea vomiting is severe, you might have what's called hyperemesis gravidarum. Okay. This occurs when you have severe nausea vomiting. You can't hold anything down. You have dehydration and you've lost at least 5% of your pre pregnancy body weight. So if you weigh 175 pounds before the pregnancy, that would mean that you've lost about nine pounds. You also will likely have some electrolyte imbalances, especially low potassium levels because you are basically vomiting. And so that can cause a low level potassium. Low level potassium would always need to be corrected either orally or with IV potassium because that can cause some alterations in your heart rate and it can also cause you to be severely weak. I personally had nausea and vomiting and I probably had hyperemesis gravidarum during 
my pregnancy, I felt like it was one of the worst things that I experienced. And if you have followed um, Pregnancy Pearl's YouTube channel or if you followed me on social media, you know that I had a devastating pregnancy with a DVT or a blood clot in my leg and I had multiple blood clots in my lung and I also had a high heart rate and I had these syncopal or fainting episodes in my pregnancy I had a stat C-section. I lost 3,500 cc's of blood. I had to get a massive blood transfusion. And the worst part about the whole pregnancy was the nausea and vomiting. <laughs> I just can't stand to vomit. So um, we're going to talk through some scenarios um, that have been emailed in. And the reason I decided to sort of go out with this topic, although I hate talking about vomiting because I just feel like just the thought of vomit just makes me sick to my stomach, is because several of you guys emailed me about nausea of vomiting of pregnancy and had several questions from the listeners. So, of course, I wanted to make sure all of your questions were answered as we ended 2020 and went into 2021. So let's talk about these cases and how we can help you hopefully have less nausea and vomiting in 2021. So medical intern, what's our first case? Our first case is a 23-year-old who is 13 weeks pregnant with her first child. She has a history of anxiety and is very nervous about the pregnancy. She started experiencing nausea and vomiting two weeks ago and often vomits her medication. She was able to keep down some food over the holidays, but vomited once on Christmas Day and the morning after Christmas. She has been trying to eat saltine crackers and drink ginger tea to soothe her stomach, but she sometimes still vomits. Is there any other home remedy or over-the-counter medication that she can take? So it sounds like this is a typical low-risk pregnancy that happens to have episodes of morning sickness. And luckily, you're 13 weeks. Most people, like I said before, um, the first four months are usually the, the worst months. But really, the first trimester is usually the worst. And usually after that first trimester, it does get better. Now, for some, it doesn't, but for most, it does. So you're doing the right thing with eating the saltine crackers and drinking ginger tea. Um, there has been study after study that shows that ginger does help with soothing your stomach. But after you do those things, you need to, one, look at your diet and see, is there something that's triggering me to have vomiting? Christmas Day was probably a trigger, right? You probably ate something really spicy, really flavorful. You ate a lot of cake. You might have overeaten, right? And so your GI tract, your digestion in pregnancy, because you have so much progesterone, is slowed, okay? Your your stomach is more sluggish. Your bowels are more sluggish. So it takes a longer time to transit from the stomach down through the intestines. So you are more prone to vomit if you eat large meals. So one, you need to eat multiple small meals a day. So you should be eating about every two to three hours in pregnancy. So you should have about six meals or three meals and three snacks. But I would not, if you're having nausea and vomiting, they need to be more like six snacks and you should snack and graze throughout the day so that you can try to keep something down and keep your energy up. So I would start there. Um, so overeating probably triggered you to have some um, nausea and vomiting and the type of food you were eating because they are heavier foods can trigger that. So switch to a bland diet if you can. Switch to a bland diet and try to eat smaller meals 
more frequently to try to make sure you are getting the calories in. Um, you can continue the saltine crackers, but you need to eat more than just saltines. You need to eat some type of protein, whether that is a protein shake that you can take sips of or whether that's actual meat. A lot of pregnant women have a version of meat. Um, when I was pregnant, I couldn't eat chicken. And even after I delivered, I like the smell of chicken, like made me want to vomit. So you may have some food aversion. So I would say definitely eat what you have an appetite for, but make sure you're trying to eat something that has protein in it and not just, you know, salt and carb. Okay. Um, the ginger tea is good over the counter. You can do what's called Unisom and B6, uh, vitamin B6. That is over the counter. If you get it in a prescription, it's called Diclegis. Okay. Diclegis. It's an expensive <laughs> prescription, but people say it works like a charm, but all it is is Unisom, which is the same thing as Benadryl, except for Unisom is called a sleep aid and it's in a chewable tablet form and vitamin B6. If you put those two together, either Unisom or Benadryl, one of the two, because they're the same thing, plus vitamin B6, that is diclegis. I tell people to take that at night, right? Because it's going to last a while. You can take that actually twice a day if you are not working during the day. But because that Unisom or Benadryl can make you a little bit drowsy, I tell people to take it at night. And that way, usually when you wake up in the morning, you can eat something and you won't have the sickness when you first wake up. Because most people, even though it's not just in the morning, most people do have more nausea when they first wake up. So if you take the Unisom B6 at night, that should help you with your morning sickness in the mornings. And then obviously you want to make sure you're staying hydrated and you're replacing your electrolytes. You can use like a Powerade, vitamin water, um, Gatorade, but you also need to drink just plain water because those are high in sugar. So after you replace your electrolytes for a day, then make sure you switch back to water so you're not just drinking a whole bunch of sugar because that's just a lot of calories. Okay. So, um, the case pearl for this is avoid high-fat, spicy foods if you can. Eat multiple small meals a day. But if this doesn't work, you do need to contact your physician so that they can give you a prescription for something a little bit stronger. Um, and they can check your electrolytes to make sure that they're replaced. Because if you have a low potassium and you haven't replaced it, you're going to keep vomiting because your body is imbalanced. So you do need to make sure that your electrolytes are being replaced. Okay, our second case. The second case is a 41-year-old who is pregnant with her third child. She is 29 weeks pregnant. She has type 1 diabetes. She has experienced nausea and vomiting for two days now. She is able to eat some foods, but has still had occasional vomiting and now weakness. She called her doctor's office and the nurse called in Zofran. Is Zofran safe in pregnancy? And when should she go to the hospital if her symptoms worsen? Okay, so that is a two-part question, but I'm going to probably digest this a little bit differently than our listeners sent in. And that is, the first thing is, is Zofran safe in pregnancy? Yes. There's been some studies um, and there was some confusion about a study in the past that showed that Zofran may cause an increased risk of cleft lip and palate in babies. But what the study didn't say is that the incidence that they had in the study was actually lower than the incidence in the general population. So which means that it doesn't increase your risk of cleft lip, cleft palate, which is why if you ever have a concern, you do need to talk to your provider to make sure you're reading the right information on the Internet. 
So yes, Zofran is safe in the pregnancy. I personally took Zofran. It was a godsend. There is like this little ready dissolve tablet that you can put under your tongue. You don't even have to swallow it. You, it just dissolves. I mean, it's magical. I love Zofran. But the question is, do you need Zofran? And anybody that has type one diabetes, if you are vomiting, you need to get checked out. 29 weeks is a little late in the game to have nausea and vomiting that all of a sudden just starts. You haven't been vomiting the whole pregnancy. You've only been vomiting for two days and you're diabetic. In pregnancy, you can require more and more insulin for you to absorb glucose into your cells. So it's very common for me to have a diabetic that's on twice as much insulin as they were before they were pregnant. And so if I have a type 1 diabetic that's vomiting, that's an automatic visit. I need to see you. So the question is, when should you go to the hospital? Now. You should go to the hospital now because you're vomiting. And that could be a sign of DKA. In pregnancy or diabetic ketoacidosis, in pregnancy, you can go into diabetic ketoacidosis which means that your body isn't uptaking enough glucose because you don't have enough insulin to get glucose or basically sugar into the cell. And so your body is trying to compensate and trying to blow off acid because now you got too much acid circulating in your body because you have DKA. So you need to go to the hospital because your blood sugar can be even 150 in pregnancy. And that's DKA. Outside of pregnancy, it would be DKA. In pregnancy, you can have a gap and a blood sugar as low as 150 and still be in DKA. I would say you need to get checked out. You need your anion gap checked, which is checked by checking your electrolytes to make sure those don't need to be replaced. You probably need to be uh, rehydrated if you have vomiting, even if you don't have DKA and you have type 1 diabetes. I definitely think you need to go to the hospital now. Let's dive into safety of some of the other things. Yes, Zofran, we've already said, was safe. Other things that your doctor may prescribe for you, um, Finnergan um, is very safe in the pregnancy, but it can cause you to be a little bit drowsy. It's, it's can, It has some partial sedative effects, but it is safe in pregnancy. Unisom, like I said before, is the same thing as Benadryl, which is also safe. And vitamin B6, which you would take with Unisom, is just a vitamin, and it is very safe. Um, things that I'm concerned about for this patient is that, one, she could be in DKA, or she could have a viral illness um, that's causing her to have nausea and vomiting. And I say that because she's only had it two days. Um, let's also not forget that COVID-19 can present with only nausea and vomiting. So these are other reasons that you should go to the hospital and get checked up when you have new onset nausea and vomiting, okay? Especially if you're a diabetic. This is never normal unless you get checked out and somebody tells you your electrolytes are completely normal, all of your viral testing is completely normal because if you have a virus and you're diabetic, it can throw you into DKA, Okay, and we want to avoid that because we know that diabetic ketoacidosis can be very detrimental in the pregnancy. You want to learn more about it? Please listen to my episodes on diabetic ketoacidosis on YouTube and the podcast. So the case pearl is nausea and vomiting in a diabetic always requires immediate attention. I'm sorry that the nurse called you enzofren. She may not recall that you're a type 1 diabetic, but it deserves attention. They need to make sure that you're not in DKA. This is very, very serious. 
Okay, medical intern, do we have any email questions? We do. This one says, Dr. Plenty, I have been vomiting off and on for the past three weeks. I do not have a fever or pain. I just can't keep anything down. I've lost about 10 pounds this pregnancy, and I'm only 16 weeks pregnant. Every now and then, I can take a sip of chicken broth. Sometimes I even force myself to eat, although I know I'm likely to vomit. Now... I'm starting to have a tinge of blood in my vomit. I've called my primary care physician who is also doing my prenatal care, but he just tells me to drink Gatorade, get some rest, and if it gets worse, go to the hospital. I've been to the hospital twice now. I received IV and was given crackers to eat. I take a bite of the crackers and then get discharged and sent home. Once I get home and try to eat further, I vomit again. I'm so tired of this cycle of vomiting, hospital ER visits, fluids, crackers, and then home. I'm not sure what to do. So there's not many times that I would give this advice, but um, I'm going to give it today. It sounds as if your primary care provider may not be taking you seriously. And I say that because you're 16 weeks and you've lost 10 pounds. I don't know how much you weigh, but you've lost 10 pounds and you're only 16 weeks. To me, that's a lot of weight and you're not keeping anything down. And now you have blood in your vomit. So to me, you're vomiting so much that you probably are causing some erosion in the lining of your esophagus or in the lining of your stomach. You need something else besides Gatorade. And the fact that your primary care provider really told you only to drink Gatorade and get rest, like, what's that going to do? You need to get on some medicines that's going to stop you from vomiting. You probably need to be hospitalized because you've lost 10 pounds. This, to me, is classic hyperemesis gravidarum, which if you lose too much weight, that can cause you to have issues with your baby being small, cause you have an increased risk of miscarriage. I would say you might want to seek a second opinion. And the good thing is you're only 16 weeks. So a lot of people don't even initiate their care until 16 weeks. You can very well switch providers. And I'm not saying there's any knock on your primary care provider, but when you have hyperemesis, that's considered a high-risk situation. And if your primary care provider is a family practitioner or, um, I mean, a family practice physician or a nurse practitioner, They may not understand pregnancy and complications of pregnancy. They may be thinking this is just plain old nausea and vomiting, and they may not be keeping up with how much weight you've lost. Especially if you go in and you can eat a couple of crackers, you're passing their oral challenge, if you will, and you get sent home. But they should be paying attention to how much weight are you losing overall, and can you keep an actual meal down? And so I would say you may want a second opinion because in my opinion, I would have admitted you to the hospital. I would have put you on IV fluids. I would have made sure I checked your electrolytes. I would have replaced your electrolytes. I would have started you on some medication, if not IV, at least rectally, because if you can't swallow it, then it doesn't matter if they prescribe you something or not. You're going to vomit that too. So that may mean you need a suppository. And some people are like, oh my God, I can't believe I would do a suppository. Let me tell you something. If you're vomiting enough, you will do anything. You will put stuff anywhere to stop vomiting. That may mean you need to take a suppository, go home with a suppository so you won't keep having this yo-yo effect. And at least once you have a suppository, 30 minutes later, you should be able to drink something. Okay. Before you get there though, they need to make sure that you're hydrated and your electrolytes are not a whack, which is why 
you should be admitted to the hospital to be placed on IV fluids and IV medicines until you can actually consistently eat food and drink fluids. So hyperemesis is usually managed inpatient until you are better and you're stable enough to be outpatient. Now, you're vomiting every once in a while. Like, I feel like the baby kicked me the wrong way. I may vomit. Like, that can happen. Like, you can vomit every now and then. But you shouldn't be vomiting all your meals and only drinking chicken broth and losing 10 pounds. Like, that is poor nutrition in pregnancy, which can lead to a whole bunch of other complications. So I would definitely tell you to seek a second opinion because you need to be treated a lot more aggressively than you're being treated right now. Case Pearl, when in doubt get a second opinion because realistically you know you can't keep anything down it doesn't matter if you swallow the crackers in triage or not if you can't keep anything down if you know you're getting worse always seek a second opinion because you need to be treated more aggressively and you don't want people to ignore you i know that wasn't a cute case pearl wrapped up in a bow but that's it is what it is you need a second opinion and so that's my case, Pearl. I never, I always tell people, never be afraid to seek a second opinion. It should not hurt your medical professionals. You have the right to do that. So that's what I think you should do. As we wrap up the year, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the podcast, discussing it with your friends, listening to it while you're cleaning your house, and allowing me to be a part of your journey through emails and direct messages. It is an absolute honor to get to know each and every one of you. And I'm looking forward to celebrating health milestones, celebrating the births of your newborns and overall family happiness in 2021. So make sure to keep on sharing the podcast. Keep having those conversations with your friends and keep giving me feedback because I love to hear your stories and I love to hear uh, how the podcast has affected you. If you or someone you know has a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Pregnancy Pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember, advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.